Hello and welcome to Totally Tell Me, an entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name is Dominic Mercurio and I am here with Laura Weinbach, the one and only. Hello. We go live every two weeks here on uh, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, so we're currently live in all three spots. If you're watching us right now, then you already know that. But if you're listening at home later, um, you can always check us out live um, at those spots. Find us. Just just Google the name. I'm sure you'll find it. We're going to, of course, be bringing people into the conversation, too. So, um, you know, be a part of it. Our intro music today was Steak and Cookies, again, <laughs> by Foxhills Brigade, simply because I forgot to... To, to swap it. I, that's the real reason. Well, I thought it was just that we want to make sure people listen to it at least 20 times. Yeah, yeah. Before um, making an opinion. Yeah. And it is like a longer song. So like it actually, I think, maybe only plays twice in our little waiting room. So, Some you know, bullshit. it's I think that we figured like, why not just run it one more time to give you a few more listens? Anywho. Um, but yeah, here we are. We're back. This is kind of like our first normal episode um if you were here last week which was our first episode after quite a long time away we did our top 10 of 2023 and so that was sort of like a specialty episode that we don't do too often this will be more of like a normal episode where in the second half of the episode we're going to be reviewing a film this week it's martin scorsese's killers of the flower moon um and in the first half of the episode we're just going to kind of chit chat and paddywhack um with people in the chat here uh, catching up and so such and so forth. Um, your voice is gone a little bit, right? Yep. Care to explain yourself? Oh, uh, I was just, you know, <laughs> I had to take Donna out back and get the hose last week. So I'm just sounding like, you know, yeah. like a sort of person who wears juicy couture or like a sort of an Ed Hardy wear mm-hmm. type of feel. Absolutely. No, I just, I lost my voice um, this past week. Actually, those of you who are here from the coop, you know who you are, uh, heard me sounding like this last week as well. <laughs> oh, okay. And, um, well, that's just what happens when you get to be my age. You know? <laughs> the, the, the tenor of your voice simply just shifts, and now here we are, huh? Yeah. I just, I guess point my in two... a person's life when you sort of just you decide you want to be in a sorority. Right. And you just want to say, baby, not tonight, please. Would you get the door, honey, baby, please? <laughs> I wanted people to be assured that they like weren't going to get sick. You know what I mean? Like, if you're watching this, you should be fine. Um, are questionable you, are you for fine? me, but... Um, you're going to be fine. Okay, I'm at the I mean, end of maybe it, I'll be fine. I think I'm at the end of it. Oh, boy. No, I discovered some interesting herbs. Oh. Like, different... Um, not herbs, but... Well, I you're just... Smoking those herbs? Um... <laughs> No, you know, I realize in my later years that yeah. these over-the-counter medicines such as Benadryl, uh-huh. Wait, Cetafed, you just said later years? Uh-oh. <laughs> well, now that I'm older. Okay, see, that's a better way to say it. I've been trying these, you know, I, I was told by my superiors over the years mm-hmm. that I should be, you know, taking Benadryl if I have a cold because, you know, you want to decongest. Well, I didn't I did. really do that. Yeah, I never did it before either, but I did it and I was like, this is fucking bullshit mm-hmm. because it made it a lot worse. It made me, number one, feel terrible too. Yeah, I could not sleep even though they say it makes you sleep. It actually made me not want to sleep. Like it, not, it, it didn't help my sleeping condition. Oh, really? But it it also, definitely helps me sleep when I do <laughs> well, take it. No, but. I don't know. Maybe it was because it was expired. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but what's I the realized, deal with expired medication anyways? Because I was actually, I, I had a horrible bull- I heard headache. it's bullshit. 
Yeah, because I had a horrible headache this morning and did take some expired medicine and it still worked wonders. So that's what I'm saying is I think that what I took worked, but was not good. Right. And did not get rid of my cold. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) I mean, I just it really did not help me. I just I don't know. What can I say? It didn't. It didn't do a good thing. I, I, it didn't decongest me in the way that I wanted to be decongested. Mm-hmm. So I thought there. there so you're must, off the stuff. You're I'm off the stuff, stuff right. but I'm not trying to be off of all stuff. I want mm-hmm. to try to find a good stuff. Right. You need some new stuff. So there was this stuff I used to da- uh, used to down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. That was a very st- good. Oh. <laughs> okay. There I was this stuff called Urban it. Moonshine, and it was a very good. Mm-hmm. It was called Urban Moonshine Clear Chest, and it was something that I found at Whole Food, the Whole Foods. <laughs> Heard of it, yeah. And um, it was amazing. It just, I don't know, it just kind of did something that was very good. And mm-hmm. it didn't like fully get rid of everything, but it made me feel better, and it kind of did something. Right. So I went to the Whole Food uh-huh. and <laughs> tried to find the stuff again. And lo and behold, of course, they do not have it anymore. They don't carry this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I thought... Well, that stuff was good, but maybe there's something else out there that also could be good. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what if there's a cold remedy, some sort of decongestant of sort that is what they does what they say Benadryl or a Sudafed would do, Mm -hmm. but is on the natural scale end of things. Does what Sudafed don't. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh And there are a lot of things out there on the market. Mm hmm. And I tried something, and I don't know. I think it's kind of working. <laughs> well, good. Can't you tell? How, wait, how, how long have you been on the stuff, on this new stuff? For a day. For oh, just oh, it's just today. Oh wow. Yeah, it's like some sort of Chinese herbal concoction of of sorts. <laughs> I mean, I did see you last night, and I feel like you did sound more or less the same. If you're asking. No, me I did, personally. but I felt better this morning. I felt okay. that I was able to actually just like. Right. I felt a sort of looseness. So did you speak. want more looseness on this cord? Is that what you were hoping? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's herbs out there, people. Look it right. up. Chinese herbs and things like that. They might work. Uh-huh. They might work. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I mean, and those campanol, never expire. And campanol. That's one of the ingredients. And wild organic thyme. Those are the ingredients that were in the urban moonshine that I highly right. recommend. And then don't you don't sell. have to check the expiration date. Like you're just kind of free and clear forever. I think you might have to check the expiration date, but don't worry about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're just going to get like dried out. Wait, so this is like herbs that you're putting in like a tea or something? Or? No, it's like in a pill form. Oh, okay. Got it. But the guy said at the store, I said, if this doesn't work, can I get a refund? And he goes, well, it depends on your situation. Everybody's different. <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I like that. I said, so if it doesn't work, I'm going to bring it back. He goes, okay, but you got to give it more than a day. I was like, okay, so it's not going to work like the first day. (laughs) And he goes, well, it might. (laughs) But you know what? If it doesn't work, I'm going to bring that shit back. Bring that shit back. Uh, Bryce says, Emergen Z purple sleep powder is really good, but I haven't been able to find it lately. Not sure what gives. Have you ever tried that? Yeah, you know, shit shows up and then shit disappears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it... uh, I don't like that. Is it distorted for... You all, or is it just my monitor? Does it sound distorted to you? No. Okay, I think it's not to me. Forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's just my fucked up monitor over here. Uh, it, yeah, wait, it, is Emergent Z? <coughs> oh, uh, Emergent Z. Same, it's like a, in the it's same a, department as Emergent C. Sister to Emergent C or cousin, sister brother quadrant. Yeah, I think it's a quadrant. Um, interesting. I mean, Emergent C 
has always kind of felt like a bit of a placebo. If you it does seem me. to be a bit of a plus. Yeah. Like, I mean, I take it and I feel a little better, but like, what's the truth there? It's you know? a bow. It's a, it's, a, it's a bust. It's a placebo. <laughs> it's a bust. Oh, okay, okay. So, Bo, placebo. Cibo. Got it, got it, got it's it. It's a Cibo. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean... Should we talk about what, what we were doing last night? What did we do last night? What did we do last night? Well, um, I threw myself a little bit of a birthday party. Um, don't, all, don't all say happy birthday at once. Um, but, yeah, I had a little birthday party. Uh, it was a murder mystery birthday party that was uh, bachelorette-themed. Um, which was a lot of fun, which meant that all it, it was an all female cast. And just to kind of set it up, if you don't know what a murder mystery party is, every, you invite a bunch of people, and beforehand, <laughs> everyone gets sent a, uh, a character sheet. You kind of memorize your character sheet, you know the relationships to everyone who's going to be there. And then these like events will occur uh, that, of course, then lead up to a murder, and then you have to figure out who did it. But it's kind of beyond that, it's just like a fun social way to like be. At, in a character and kind of get to interact with your friends in fun ways um so it was an all-female cast uh meaning all the guys who came came in drag in, including myself um and laura was there with anton as well a frequent um totally tell me her uh actually there was a teller yeah she, he, he's a teller um there is quite a few tellers actually dylan gallagher was there frequent teller uh ginger fierstein was there frequent teller isn't it Feinstein? Firesteam? Isn't it Firesteam? Fi fi shit. Oh. Well, Ginger, Sorry, we love Ginger. you so much. <laughs> and thanks for coming to my birthday party. <laughs> uh, any other tellers there? Point being, me and Laura were there. And um, yeah, it was a total blast. Um, yeah. I decorated the whole house with a bunch of like uh, very kind of... I was going for very cheesy bachelorette party. And I my character I was trying to play is like a very... Uh, you know, cheesy girl who's about to get married. Uh, you know, who, who uh, honestly, I wouldn't want to hang out with if I was me. I think there was like a fashion theme. That's right. Yeah, I, the people involved in this yeah. murder of sorts were in the fashion industry. Yeah, I ran a company called Divergent Designs uh, with my business partner Rita, played by my boyfriend Josh. And uh, wh why don't you say about your character? I was here. the older sister to this Mindy, Mandy, <laughs> Mindy, mm. uh, Mindy, who he played. Right. And um, I was like a jealous, I was a bit of a disgruntled older sister because I was not chosen to be in the bachelorette. No, I wasn't that. I wasn't chosen to be in the bridal party as a bridesmaid. So mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, I had to had to pull some, had to pull a little bit of things here and there to make that shit happen. Oh, I had, I had. A bunch of like footage of strippers that was that were playing on the uh, on the, on the TV, which was kind of cool. Uh, if you ever just looked over, only you can, male uh, strippers, of course. Oh yeah, male strippers. I should have mentioned that, of course. It was sort of a Chippendales theme. Right, right. Well, I was kind of I found like a modern one that was very like Magic Mike, and then I also found like an '80s one that kind of just had well, just a general '80s vibe, which was you know kind of like a a different flavor of man, if you will. Uh, if, you, if you know what I mean. I love 21 Flavors, man. Right. Uh, weird Artifact says Bette Davis even. Uh, Betty Davis. <laughs> oh, Betty Davis, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, in reference to what I looked like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of like a Betty Boop even, if you will. Um, <laughs> anywho, that was fun, but I will say I had a hangover like you 
truly would not believe mm. this morning. Um, mm-hmm. I woke up in a fit of rage, rage <laughs> um, at at my previous self. In fact, uh, like, what have I done uh, to deserve this? Really, my biggest downfall was I drank uh, zero zero drops of water. That's that whole, a downfall. That whole night, yeah. You gotta drink that water. Yeah, it was. I took the only things I consumed liquid wise were champagne and tequila shots oh my god which is a fatal it's a fatal error what do you like what's your favorite kind of water have you ever gone to a water bar um to answer your first question my favorite kind of water is the water from my tap that's fucked up um i have actually a sample of it right here you know what they say you know how they say uh, people who are not from california you know they say that california has the best or the northern california has the best tap water us no uh, maybe well, but like they don't know what people. the they don't how can anybody know what pipe that tap water is running through well the only reason i would say that and i wouldn't just claim it to be a, like across the great united states we have the best or something but i, I will say when I you just... go to la or or pretty much anywhere else i travel i do I do not prefer <laughs> the way that the water tastes well i don't i honestly just don't prefer tap water Plain and simple. No offense. I don't mind tap water at all, but I think it's just because I'm used to tap water. I just don't like it. All right. You know, it's even different in Oakland. I don't like that pipe flavor. I feel like it's even different in Oakland. (laughs) No, it is. But it's also, it's just, I do believe that unless you have like a sparkling clean glass pipe that is running through, you're going to taste some pipe flavor in there. You know what I mean? I just taste, I taste no pipe. You're going to taste you know? that sediment. I don't taste a sed- sediment. or. You a, do taste a sediment. I, I do not. Believe me. You know what I like? I like an electrolyte enhanced, alkalized. Yeah, let's get into what you like, which is smart water, right? That's your drink <laughs> Some people would call it stupid water. No, I don't like smart water. Actually, to be <laughs> honest, my favorite one, right? Well, okay. My previously favorite one for a long time has been the Trader Joe's alkaline water, but it's in a plastic bottle i'm now into something else that is also an alkaline this is such a i know you're probably bored by my opinion on that no, no. it's okay i'll just be quick um the ingredients on the back of the list of this alkalized water are h2o um there are small amounts of alkalized um alkaloids and then there's also a so certain, what, i'm totally joking i'm just uh, trying to make it long and part, right, right let me just get to the point well it's in a okay. tin bottle a tin of sort or some sort of like a, oh, this a is stainless new. steel. This is a new development. It is. And I actually think it's it tastes better in a certain kind of way. And you can reuse hmm. the bottle. And then I drink it. And it is enhanced with alkaloids or whatever. Well, what are you reusing the bottle for? Because you're more certainly water. not just putting tap water in it. No, not tap water. No, so I buy. buying more of the bottle. I buy. I buy. <laughs> so then, no, therefore. I buy never. more of the Trader Joe's cheaper. <laughs> But still, more easy to get alkaline water <laughs> and then pour it in there. Oh wow! Wait, so you're telling me that because you're tasting it from this particular bottle, yeah. Even though you buy it in a different bottle and you pour it into this bottle, you feel like that's somehow enhancing the flavor. Something to that extent, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess they say that about like, I guess they say that. Like for like for Coca Cola or something, people people are adamant that if you drink it from a glass, then it's always better than a. Well, can. I mean, it's certainly true about wine. We know. Yeah, that. like I think I think. Like, for, have you ever drank in wine? I hate it when restaurants give you a glass of wine out of like a thick, 
thick rimmed mug or glass. There's that is. Well, yeah, I, I just despise that more than anything. I just like, what are you even doing? I hate it when they give you a thick rimmed wine glass and then they fill it all the way to the top. Mm. That's not good. Like more is not better in that scenario mm-hmm. because it just tastes bad. It really does. And if you put that same wine in a thin rimmed stemmed glass, you will absolutely t- even. And now this is saying a lot because Anton has like almost no opinion on anything (laughs) when it comes to like stuff. But no, I mean, he does have opinions, but I did that for him with a glass of cheap wine once and he drank it out of a good wine glass and a bad wine. And he goes, wow, I actually actually can taste a major difference in drinking it out of the the nice wine glass. I mean, I totally agree with you, but but let me propose this. Like where where is the line with what beverages... Like that actually makes a difference with versus right. ones that it doesn't. Or do you think all beverages can are always enhanced by the thing that they're in? A hundred percent. A hundred and ten percent. Ten percent. Well, you. I oh know you feel God, this way yes. about water and wine. No, receptacles are of the utmost the blood of importance Christ, in general. Water to wine. Go ahead. Sorry. You, but you know what, Dominic? Yeah. You, your body, you are a receptacle. Uh. That's true. And if you're so saying what you're saying, you want to body doesn't matter. Then hey. So you're it. saying drinking straight from a body could also enhance its that flavor. Is... <laughs> <laughs> such, such as, yeah. you know, urine straight from the source. <laughs> or poor, uh, like okay. Here's a thought. I mean, I'm just gonna just run with this. But okay, if we were to use a body as a receptacle, right? How... Oh, like a baby bird situation. Imagine. Okay, well, imagine <laughs> taking it to the max and. Okay, well, my first thought was taking a human being, mm-hmm. flipping it upside down and opening the legs and oh. making like just sort of the rectum be the receptacle that you oh, drink wow. out of. That sounds like it so would not be So your first thought is rectum. My first that thought was, my first was thought. mouth. No, but. I know. Imagine if you were like, imagine there's probably really rich people out there who do this. Because uh-huh. I mean, you've seen like, was it in, um, what was it in? Was it This Nobody. Is America? When when oh. when 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 Sasha Baron Sasha Cohen. Cohen goes to someone's house and I think it's Paul Abdul's house and they have like a human person like as their table. Oh yeah. Oh, I think that might be. Um, uh, what was that Bruno? For? Maybe. I don't oh, know. Maybe. It doesn't matter. But yeah, one of his shows. Well, anyway, imagine if like imagine if a rich person really needed to have like a human mouth as their receptacle, mm-hmm. and your job like your job as a hired gun was just just be like. <laughs> And then they pour water in your mouth and you're like, and then the rich person's like, I'm thirsty. And they like make you like. Oh, I was thinking like. Spit the water into there. I was thinking in a similar way. It's like, yeah. What would happen? You know, you're you're like, you're, you're facing upwards. You know, they pour the water or whatever they would like to drink from your body into your mouth area. And then, like, they sort of just tip you. you know? well, I was like, thinking a tipping of sorts. And then they sort of, like, tip you into their mouth. Wait, you know? what if they tip you? Like, <laughs> your permanent position as their hired gun is this. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And but then they, when they're they thirsty, just, yeah. they tip you. Right. Oh, forward even. Okay. And then you right. spit when you, get, when you get face forward. I don't know. Just a thought. Right. I think so, that'd be funny. I want to kind of demonstrate waters like okay, this. Yeah, Here's ahead. what your normal look is. <laughs> and then like a waiter comes and pours some sort of liquid uh-huh. substance in your mouth, in the mouth of the receptacle. Right. As such, as she's now doing, demonstrating. Ooh, now say you're thirsty. Right. I'm so thirsty. Could I please get a little? And you can go ahead and pour. This is my mouth here. 
<laughs> and then they go back to this position. Uh, right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of like one of those little birds, you know, like those little, uh, like you know, like the little birds that you tip over like this, and then it always comes back. Up. Oh, right. let me try and reenact that right. one last time. Here. Okay. Last one. And then make sure you get the cup like a, a little higher up. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's in the. Oh, I'm I'm thirsty. Please, can I have some more? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like the pop back up as if you are one of those. That's uh, what you are. That's dolls, what you're made for, you know? made to do. What is it? What am I thinking of? Like those little a dolls rebound ball, that, a rebound doll. Sure, whatever. No, I don't know. I don't you know, know what I'm talking about? Though, like the circular things, the weighted doll that. Oh yeah, a bobblehead. Kind of a this. Yeah. A, no, that's what that a bobble is. type thing. A bobble. But I am not thinking of a bobble head in particular because to me a bobble head continuously bobbles. <laughs> Like, you gotta watch this back because uh, I feel like you're really missing out on. I feel on like I'm gonna regret what I look like on camera. <laughs> no, it is. Well, see, now you're trying to look, and it, it doesn't have the same effect. I know, I'm trying to You'll look watch out. back. You'll watch back. Oh my um, god, somebody's gonna use that as a rich person. Like some, I oh, think well, you know what it would be it's a rich person who wants to taste the the. It's like a person who's the fruits obsessed. Of another. The fruits of another. <laughs> Inter, intermixed with the right. fruit of the whatever, like right. water, the alcohol. The fruits water. of another mixed with the fruit of. It's gonna be called something. It's gonna be called like salivized water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you tried our new salivized water? Fourth it's wave. straight from the mouth of a human. It's the new fourth boy. wave. It's straight. Uh, straight we, we we serve it from the mouths of human fuckboys, and we just have them standing <laughs> around. And they're just there to serve. Yeah. So if you'd like to sample one, and then you just have like some naked boy. Right. <laughs> maybe you know, as twink. you're saying that, I'm now kind of thinking like, maybe this is a little hot. I well, mean. I bet you it exists. Well, maybe not. Me and Josh will discuss. <laughs> it, it's about to though. <laughs> oh my God. I, can I, okay, here's something Go I have it. to share about mm-hmm. my past week and a half or so. Oh my God. I was scrolling. Oh, wait, wait. If, if we're totally getting off of the, that, I had one last thing. Okay. Well, I was just going to say like, who, what, so this rich person, like what, what would they gain necessarily? Is it just control or? No, th- well that, but they're also gaining a substance that's like the human alkaloid. Okay, okay. It's so, a so it, humanoid. It really is about the no, it's about it's, no, it's about the receptacle the enhancing the flavor right, okay. with their own sort of mucal membrane. Right, right. Uh, Bryce says, movies, music, food, <laughs> fun, and human receptacle. Okay. <laughs> that is today. Speaking yeah. of human, but receptacle, go ahead. Well, your... I mean, this is just kind of whatever, but right. I was scrolling through Instagram as per usual. I get really sucked in these days. And I saw this post from this artist who goes by the name of Nusi Cuero or something. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh And he, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's like designed pieces for Grimes. And or he does these like very cybery looking like sort of, I don't know if cyberpunk is quite the word, but it looks, they look like sort of almost like digitally created like uh like laser cut lingerie basically mm-hmm. that are really crazy looking and they almost look kind of like alien it looks like h is it hr geiger is that uh, i don't know who that is you know the guy who did all the alien stuff alien stuff oh yeah. like for the movies yeah oh. like i think it's hr Geiger. yeah and so it's like that meets like sort of just punk like cyber punk rock kind of looking not punk rock but it's just you know it's kind of alien like but 
but it's real. It's like, I don't know what kind of materials he uses, but uh, but he was also outed recently as being like a sex predator and mm-hmm. people have come forth about his really bad ways with how he deals with the models that wear his stuff. Right. And anyway, for some reason he was in my Instagram feed and I, for some reason, decided to just like swipe. You know, he had like a, what do you call it? A photo dump or some shit like that. Right. Yeah, and I was saw the one picture was just of one of the people wearing his pieces. And then the next one was like a, a flyer for something called Elysian and it was like some private party of sorts and I was like what what is this and I for so, I don't know why I was interested in it or thought even to look twice at it but then I was like looking more into it and it's like some party that costs a minimum of fifty thousand dollars to get into and then like the tagline on it was for people who expect the best of every single thing or something like that who want who who for people who only require the best of everything or something like that Mm -hmm. and then it was basically i did more digging and it was like essentially a sex house in the hollywood hills and people go and they like it costs like i think the highest level is five hundred thousand dollars does that get you like a private room or something it gets you beyond a private room it gets you like basically i guess a prostitute i don't know or like people who will do sex stuff for you and have three so what is the rest of the party doing? <laughs> well, I know there's a lot of sex going on everywhere. I think uh-huh. the lower tier one, the like $50,000 tier, you're just like in a not super private room, but it's all very private and supposedly very, you know, like under wraps. They right. don't, it's, on the hush, hush. yeah, like they will, they don't, yeah, it's a sort of a Fidelio of sorts. Yeah. I mean, it has a bit of an eyes wide shut feel, but I'm like, they're trying to make it seem like these just high level. Wait, are they masked? Uh, no, they're not. I don't okay. think they're. Mo- I have no freaking idea exactly what happens there. But I, they were showing a few pictures of people who are a happy, rich couple that went to it. Mm. And I'm like thinking, I wonder who that is at first. And then I looked closer. And I was like, wait a minute. These are clearly like porn people. You know mm. what I mean? They just it just had that feeling to it. And I was like, what is this? But then I noticed that one of the people who liked it was Diplo. <laughs> <laughs> And was like, I'm going to be there. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, I mean, I wonder what famous people do go to this thing or not, you know, or what this is all about. And I thought this is some weird shit and they probably have human receptacles there. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Right. Right. Or if they if they don't, they probably will soon. They will now that they've been watching the show. Obviously. Uh, Nicole said, I feel like uh, Elon Musk might steal this idea. I feel like he might have been at that party, too. You know, it's like an Elon Musk. I mean, he's the now the second richest person in the world <coughs> according to recent news mm-hmm. um but yeah if i would imagine that elon musk has probably been to things like that i mean if he hasn't who has you know i mean it's for people who are it's basically a squid game kind uh, of yeah 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 I mean, uh, Squid Game is for Elon <laughs> and his <laughs> friends, basically. I mean, yeah, he is. And it makes you wonder, like, does Grimes go to shit like that, or has she been? To, maybe that's why she. she maybe that's why she's out. You know. Right. I out. wonder. One would hope that you would have some integrity with that. What has happened with like what's going on behind the closed doors of Elon and Grimes? Well, did you were you following the whole Azalea Banks? Um, Azalea Banks? Oh, thing a little bit when well, she was collaborating with Grimes. Uh, that was like her new years ago at this point. Well, yeah, but. Well, I mean, that gave us some insight, I felt, if you trust wait, talk her. Wait, more about that. Well, she basically like went on Instagram Live or something, and she was like, I'm at Grimes' house right now. And this is back when she was with Elon Musk. 
Um, so Elon Musk, I guess, was there or something. But then, because I guess they were going to collaborate on some vocal. But then Grimes, like, never was showing up. And so then Celia Banks was just, like, left at their house. Like, bored. on the front yard or something? No, she was, just, or- like, basically... Uh, Grimes was just telling her oh yeah I'll be there soon or something but then it was like multiple days she's like I just am hanging out here and then she was like reporting on like what was going on and like I don't know it just sounded uh, it just sounded weird like that that Grimes was kind of being pretty flighty with her and kind of not uh, you know and eventually I well guess then she they canceled. had a feud and like Grimes right. called supposedly Grimes called Azalea Banks fat <laughs> no, I don't know if that's true, but yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think she, I think Azealia Banks did kind of start it by by going on um, Instagram or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it, well, that's wait, but part of isn't that it kind of messed up that Grimes just like stood her up? Well, yeah, totally. So she started it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, look, uh, I, guess, <laughs> I guess you could make an argument for both, really. No, but I know. Oh, cool. Wait, Nick uh, Lee. Oh, that's Nicole. Yeah. Oh yeah, Nicole. Sorry, said. Um, that Grimes secretly had a second surrogate child with Elon. Well, no, I heard about the second oh, yeah, surrogate child. Oh, yeah, I heard that too. But then didn't you guys not hear about <laughs> the more recent happenings, which is maybe not that recent anymore, but that she was like after Elon to get her children back or something like that. She was like hmm. posted something about like, please give me my children back. Well, And then she had to be like, I'm sorry. She made some public apology about it. It's just, it's just so weird it's because just it seems what like, goes on, what goes on. Well, yeah, because they seem quite diametrically opposed on a lot of things. Or, one would think. or one would think, right. So, like, them getting together was already pretty wild, but then to, like, to have kids, too, is... But just to imagine having a kid with the, you know, deemed the richest must. person in the world. What, I mean, we, I just, I find it hard to imagine that that kind of wealth and power does not in some inherent way corrupt a person Mm -hmm. because it just seems it seems to be the case with most people in positions of extreme wealth that there is always some aspect of corruption that goes along with that Mm. so it's like imagine having a child in that scenario when i mean and grimes isn't you know she's pretty well off it seems to me i don't fucking know i mean like jesus she's not elon musk in terms of you know, I guess wealth and success, but it seems like she's a well-off person. Imagine yeah. going from being this kind of indie rock, indie rocker person, and then you're just like, you know, you're you're stepping one foot after the next into this world of Squid Game well, and yeah. human receptacle. What well, does that do to a person? Also, I just feel like and she gives off a very progressive vibe. But it's to, all maybe like it's how all, she, like the know. way that her even what she's discussing in some of her songs, like this kind of, you know, moving beyond uh like a lot of stereotypical like gender roles and that kind of stuff i mean i feel like she gets into this in her in her music and then you would think that like because um doesn't doesn't elon musk have a a trans kid that like totally i mean he's bound to he's got like 30 from <laughs> or however many kids uh, right? But like di- distance themselves from Elon oh. because he's like so afraid of him. Uh, no, like anti-trans on, oh, oh, on right. Twitter well, or whatever the fuck too. he's calling it these days. Uh, but you would think someone like Grimes, for example, given it. her um, artistic statements on, you know, uh, gender in general, <laughs> right? That one would think that she would have <laughs> like a pretty huge problem with a lot of the things that it seems like he thinks. You know, who knows what. They Who really knows? are about, you know. Who knows what anybody's about? That's but true, true. It is interesting to ponder. Mm-hmm. 
the very real question of do they utilize human receptacle for their drinking water or other substances such as urine or or BMs? Mm-hmm. Well, only Azealia Banks knows for it's, them specifically. It's something that we should probably get the FBI on top of ASAP. So if you're listening, get that shit together and let us know. Right. We the people need to know. Right. Sometimes we have you, a right to know. Sometimes you call the FBI in to investigate uh what's going on to get to the truth of the matter and do they use them upside down or right side up <laughs> oh the people right the, the receptacles human <laughs> the human receptacles of course yeah in any oh, event th- in fact that was uh i thought uh cooling prongs oh hi cooling uh said uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know said just are. tuned in are you all talking about artist nate hill who offers buyers the opportunity to purchase milk gargled and purified by six different rich white young women <laughs> I Is didn't real know. Thing? I did not know about Nate Hill who offers buyers. But you know what? That is not the same thing as our current uh, plans of invention, plans of innovation and invention. No, that's not the same thing. I've, that I can certainly imagine is a total thing. <laughs> I mean, look at people who paid good money to have, I think it was Anthony Kiedis or Flea squeeze out his dirty wife beater shirt and squeeze the sweat into their mouths for a price or something like that at a show. Oh, wait, who did that? <coughs> I don't know if it was Flea or Anthony Kiedis or some fucking guy. <laughs> well, those are both people from Red Hot Chili Peppers. I know, but it could have also been from it could have been from another band. I don't okay. know. Somebody was interested John, in Shante, drinking. Could have been. I don't think it was John because John would never do that. Could have been what's their uh Not my John. Not your John. Um no. could have been what's the drummer's name? No one he's the only cares one I don't about know. him. No offense. He's the only one I don't know. No, he is like, you know. He's just older and not really sort of one of the guys who you would talk about. But he is actually <laughs> no, he's the good. most consistent outside of, of course, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Kiedis and Flea. Flea. Meaning think, they're all consistent wait, except for John Fajani. Well, I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, I guess that's entirely true. His name's Chad something, whatever. Chad Opitz. No, Chad. <laughs> just kidding. Hi, Chad. Friend of the show. What's up? Right. Chad. Of course it's Chad. No, I... It's Chad something. I just don't remember his last name. He kind of gives off a no Chad offense. vibe, actually. No offense, no offense to Chad Opitz. And we love you. All those who are named Chad, we love you, unless you're a human receptacle, in which case you don't deserve to be a human being with respect. Right. No but, offense. I mean, like, Chad Chad from, Chad from Red Hot Chili Peppers, R-H-C-P, like, he gives a Chad. Chad Smith, of course. Chad Smith. The most I'm, I'm looking at him common up. last name known to man. He has a Chad wow. look to him, though, you know? Oh, well, yeah. And Flea has a Flea look to him. Uh, right. Uh, well, uh, uh... And Anthony has a Thee look to him. Right. I'm going <laughs> to see if I can drop this picture in. Um, oh, it's not going to work. You know, we're figuring the OBS out as we go here. But anyways, you can imagine. <laughs> Actually, he looks a lot like Will yeah. Ferrell. So he if, does look a lot so like Will Ferrell. You imagine right. Will no, Ferrell. he's been compared to Will Ferrell. I heard a lot. Right. Uh, that's who we're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, people. Anyways, right. um, Sorry for the diversion. No, no. That's what this is all about. Um, we uh, we could get into the movie unless there was anything else anything else going on with you these days? Other than that little run-in with that interesting post on Instagram. <laughs> you should look it up. It's really weird. Um, I mean, it's not that weird, but it is a little weird. Right. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. Well, I'm using one of your mugs tonight for uh-huh. my cow. my nightly, uh, you know, 
Waltz with the General Mills International Coffee, for those of you who are in the know. A good drink that you can still purchase. It's this actually is your now, instant coffee, right? It's now by Maxwell House International. Instant coffee, correct? It is instant, yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's quite good. Um, they're, they've turned a new leaf on instant coffee in, in the last It's uh, not a decade. new leaf. This has been around since the 1980s. Okay. Well, then, actually, I don't know. I would, I would beg to differ. Beg and beg all I you want, but you will not be receiving a different in front of I, I feel like they recently figured out the instant coffee technology. and technology. And they've been able to They figured um, out how to powder. Yeah. They've <laughs> engineered instant coffee to now be um, almost as good as the real deal. I don't want it to be as good as the real deal. I just want it to be its own unique thing, which is what it's been and has always been since the 80s when it was originally I mean, called I beg to General, General Foods International. What are you talking about? Uh, instant coffee. Are we like not like the powder? Coffee? Yeah, the but, but what though? Like Well, what look, I used to work at Starbucks. <laughs> um, oh. I used to work at Starbucks. I was a little barista boy. Do you like Starbucks? Coffee? Well, I mean, not really. No, I don't really get Starbucks coffee anymore. These days, I'm all about fills. I and these days, I don't even oh, really Phil, go out for coffee. Well, okay. I just buy Phil's beans and then I beans. I brew it up. up, up Why do you like their beans? Oh, they're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, coffee is beans. So if I like their beans, I like their coffee. I guess I, I, guess I could just say I like their coffee, but it's like a it's, little more no. sophisticated to say I like their beans. You know what I mean? That is, but it's like, come on, like. I only like Phil's because they use heavy whipping cream to, to whip into their milk, their coffee. No, 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 no. See, they have Filtered Soul, my favorite bean, if we must say, um, that has a, uh, it has a sort of uh, oh hazelnutty flavor. Hazelnutty flavor. That is hilarious that you have a favorite bean. I do. Singular. I do. <laughs> uh, Carry on. Come, it's, ha- it's like a hazelnut flavored kind of coffee it's a hazelnut flavored bean a hazelnut flavored bean yeah <laughs> and then i put those hazelnut flavored beans up in my bean in your, grinder <laughs> you're gonna say i put those hazelnut flavored beans up in my butt and it's amazing <laughs> that would probably fuck you up like in a similar way you know about like if you do you know about like teenagers who will <laughs> do you know what i'm gonna say are you gonna tell me something about what they do with beans no uh, well oh. With their asses is what I was going to say. No, tell me. Well, there's like this thing where teenagers will like pour alcohol (coughs) into like a condom or something and then you stick it up your ass or maybe you don't even put it in a condom. In some way you get it into your asshole because it bypasses your liver and you get really fucked up from a small Well, I know that people would do that with beer bongs with their butt. Well, it's the same concept where it because it's bypassing I didn't know that they were using condoms for it now. Well, I, I might have made that part up, but in some way they're like they're getting that vodka up in there. I mean, well, that's just oh, what I imagine been doing this that for they're year. doing. I mean, have you not seen Jackass parts one, two, three, four, or five? Well, of course, or Jackass would do that shit, but like, no, that's a real thing, right? But it's actually like quite dangerous because yeah, no, you can die because like from a very little amount you can get <laughs> alcohol poisoning because it's like so much more potent. Potent. Po- 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 uh, <laughs> Those were the beans talking just <laughs> po- now. People yeah. don't mind. <laughs> I had a few too many beans this morning, if you know what I mean. Um, wait a minute no wait you've never heard or seen like people use like what's uh, called a beer bong and they stick the tube in their butt and then they just pour beer in it nicole has exactly what i was thinking of uh 
she says uh, that my partner says it's tampons. That's what I heard. That they they <laughs> soak they, they soak a tampon. Let's consider how a condom would work in this scenario. <laughs> I mean, a giant water balloon filled with beer, and, and, and you then, have to somehow get it to be taut enough to yeah. stick up your butt. Well, I'm thinking Let's, that you get the condom up in there. Oh, and, and first, then and like, then you have to kind of shake it to like uh, pop wait, it. See, I'm thinking, you know. That you somehow get the condom in there somehow. Uh, I don't right. know how. Yeah. And then you have to put some kind of claw device in your butt, your butthole to open it up enough to pour <laughs> something in there. And then somehow to, a hole has to, has to get in. Yeah, it has to pop. <laughs> you have so to get I'm a thinking hole. you shake yourself in a certain, maybe there's like a certain way that you can like that twist. That does not seem likely unless you have spikes inside your rectal passage. But maybe you can like get a, a squeeze of some kind on your anal cavity. There's no way that you're going to squeeze yourself to the point of popping a, a, a condom. It doesn't seem likely. Look, I mean, there's... A, a, maybe you have to put a tooth in there. You know, you could put <laughs> something else in there actually now that I'm thinking about it. What? A dick. But then where would the beer go? No, no, this is after the beer. Well, after the condom. Well, first of all, I'm not talking about beer. I was thinking like more of a vodka. Oh, yeah. How do you get the vodka? I'm thinking vodka, condom, fill it. Or wait, <laughs> condom. In- insert condom into asshole. Fill asshole slash condom with um, vodka. Tire off. Or maybe don't tire off, actually. Well, now we're talking the, about. Slip the tip in. Not, not the tip of the dick, but like the tip of the condom. You know what I'm talking about? But the condom's already in there, you said. Oh, I'm thinking, yeah, well, condom in, but like opening out. So it's like, if this is the, if this is the rectal passage, let's just imagine <laughs> the, the condom is going in here like this. Let's just say this is a condom tube like this. This is the, this is the tip. Sorry. Yeah, the tip. This is the tip of the condom right here. Uh-huh. And it's going in the rectal passage. Here, hold my mic for me. Yeah. So it's like the condom's going in like this. Right? Um, yeah. And then it's sort of opening up like a flower into the outside rim yes, of the exactly. bubble. Yeah. How do you. Okay. And then you pour the, the yeah. vodka in there. Absolutely. So, and then there's vodka in there. And yeah. then how do you get the whole. How do you get the condom to have a hole in it? Just sort of. Well, no, no. I'm thinking now, actually, that might not even be so necessary because if you just like maybe push the tip in. What tip? The tip of the condom. The condom's already in there, I thought. Almost all the way, except for the opening, which is outside of the asshole, right? Yeah, so... Blossoming out like a little flower. Yeah. Because we've poured the vodka in. So what are we talking about? Tip of the condom. So I'm thinking then once you're done filling it with alcohol, alcohol is now in in a balloon situation inside your anal cavity, then you're just going to push the flower in to the hole. Oh, and it kind of just spills in there? And just spills out, yeah. Yeah, good luck fishing the condom out later. Well, isn't that the least of your worries really at this point? (laughs) I mean, you're, just you're currently soaking. Abhorrent. You're like, you got some just dirty condoms swimming around in your rectal passage. Again, Who knows? Lisa, your concerns at this point. <laughs> I think at this point you should be far and more And where does the about, dick come into play? Well, I guess I was scratching the dick from the situation, but if we want you're scratching to... scratching <laughs> the dick? <laughs> well, well, did I was, the dick I was, itch? Uh, <laughs> no, or did you mean you were getting rid of I'm just the, getting rid of the dick oh, but, you're deleting but it. I guess if, if we scratching. wanted to bring the dick back into the situation we wanted to um, revive the dick back into this um, diagram here I was just thinking like maybe you could use the dick to push the condom further right in. so now we're even going to dig this condom deeper into right. a hole of, in which it will never be found 
because I think really the goal Good luck here, calling the ER room to prong this freaking con- lost condom in the freaking black hole of someone's rectum out from the depths, and then you suddenly find out that you've got condom cancer or some shit like that. I just think, though... On top of your alcohol poisoning. We'll see, exactly. Like, I think if, if your goal is It's just not a good to, idea, I don't think. Oh, that but, isn't a good idea, but I do think the whole concept is not a good idea like i think if you're trying to get vodka into your anal cavity like you've already gone past the point of no logical thinking no you know what i'm thinking yeah do you put up this is the old-fashioned way i think just pierce a hole into the tip of the condom Mm -hmm. put that in the butt and then fill that with some sort of vodka or alkalized water here's another (laughs) and then let it just sort of water gun itself into the rectal (laughs) passage over a period of, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Well, see, actually, I think you've already hit on something that could actually eliminate a lot of the other elements here. Simply get a water gun, <laughs> stick the tip into your ass, and, and squirt shoot. away. <laughs> you know what? That is a good idea. <laughs> and then you Why have did a straight we not think of that? That is absolutely insane. I'm sure the kids have thought of it. That's probably already what they're doing. Oh, my God. They really need to do that. Well, actually, what they're doing is they're putting it on. They're soaking it. Do you a, think they're going to use a super soaker or something else? <laughs> Can you imagine the force in which a super soaker is going to shoot vodka into imagine, your ass? They don't even use the trigger thing. They just use that part that goes like that. And then it just goes, shh. Wow. You are super soakers, by the way, back in the day, um, were far more powerful than they are now. You know, they've like really reined them in. Oh, they have? On the, on like oh, the water Oh, why pressure. have they reined them in? For people who like, use them for anal things? <laughs> exactly. Too many, too many kids were sticking them over their ass. <laughs> No, I think it was just like because it's the water pressure was you know borderline it hurting people. It's <laughs> too hard. It but like hard. I'm imagining a super soaker with the velocity, velocity that I that felt, I yeah, that too. you two have felt as like get one of those old '90s '90s soakers, right? Soakers, and oh you just God. soak away. You so you just soak away. <laughs> Anywho, um, oh my god! I think we should probably like transition. Idea, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For you, uh, I think we should probably transition to our Let's transition, <laughs> right? Uh, to our movie review for the day. Well, um, you know, this has been fun. Well, uh, let's get serious, people. <laughs> yeah, it's about to have a real We're turn. Stop laughing at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, look, we might still find some laughs. <laughs> I, I, I think there'll be things to laugh about potentially. Um, Killers of the Flower oh. Moon is uh, the film we're about to review. Let me pull up the old uh, poster there. You can see Leo. Uh, so it's a 2023 um, film from Martin Scorsese. It's up for a bunch of Oscars right now. I think like I think it got the most uh, Oscar nominations um, of, wow. of all the films that came out last year. Um, stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone. And like so many more people, it was kind of crazy as this movie was going on. I was like, oh, him too? Because then uh, Jesse Plemons from Breaking Bad and now many other things showed up. Uh, John Lithgow showed up. Brendan Fraser. Wait, Jesse Plemons? Jesse Plemons. Uh, he who played, played, who played? He played the young uh Oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course in, him. Yeah, yeah. 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 In uh in Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. shows up later in the No, in the he's film. in lots of stuff actually. No, I know. Yeah, he, now he's in lots of stuff, but... I guess it was just shocking to me as I was watching this film because I had no idea how these people were even in it. Um, so it's set in 1920s Oklahoma and it focuses on a series of murders of Osage members. Is it Osage or Osage? Osage. Okay. Osage, Osage members um, who are uh, Na- Native Americans. Uh, and um, basically this tribe has found oil on their land. And so they have 
uh, inherited that uh, that that oil, which is of course like worth a lot. So uh, then, you know, white people are kind of coming in and trying to like find their way to this wealth over the course of the film. And Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio um, plays a character who he just got back from World War One, and uh, he, his uncle Robert De Niro is kind of like running the show in this town was he the mayor something like that i don't or like know the he city was something mayor. he was just a guy a prominent white man in right. this town mm-hmm. who seemed to be well connected and had endeared and befriended himself to the osage people and also like to lots of white people like he was just kind of a a well-liked figurehead in the ca- in the town who was also seen as sort of a philanthropist and a guy who was you know contributing you know his efforts and money to different causes that seem to be on the side of of everybody right right um and then lily gladstone uh she plays molly um who molly Burkhart. yeah who leonardo dicaprio's character ernest um uh is falls in love fa- with. falls in love with uh, they start they I guess I don't want to get like too much. I'm not. Try, I'm trying not to give away anything, but this this is just kind of like the setup of things, and it's kind of like um, becoming quite clear that Robert De Niro is kind of pulling some. Well, strings. I don't. We don't know that. Well, we don't. Okay. I don't. I think that we shouldn't say anything. We. Sh- I think it's just. It's a story that follows Robert De Niro and Lily Burkhart. Not Robert De Niro. Sorry, but Leonardo DiCaprio and Lily Burkhart's characters, mm-hmm. and the dynamic of this white man coming into this Osage territory. And what the dynamics of that are and what the dynamics entail between, you know, financial, what the financial implications are between him and her, his and her relationship and how it affects everybody around them. Right. Um, Why don't we start with just some overall, overall impressions, overall thoughts. And by the way, uh, if this is your first time (laughs) watching, we always start uh, our reviews with no spoilers. So we're not going to really be discussing any story stuff. Um, until we'll make it very clear when we are going to transition into that in the kind of second half of our review. But for now, we're just going to kind of speak on our general thoughts about the film. So you don't have to worry about spoilers if you've not uh, seen the film at this point. So Laura, yeah, like what did you, what were kind of some of your first impressions? I liked it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, you know, well, I don't know why, but I, for some reason, had a video, a YouTube video on my computer open, like on a tab on my desktop, as mm-hmm. I have, I'm known, I'm known, as I'm known to do, mm-hmm. keep lots of tabs open on my desktop. Absolutely. I've seen it. For some odd reason, I had a tab open with a, an interview, a YouTube interview with Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Lily Gladstone, Gladstone uh, doing a press interview for the movie. Mm. And, um. For some reason, I just like watched it and not that I even cared about any of it at first or even knew anything about what the movie was about. But Mm -hmm. after watching the interview, I had a little bit of insight into what the movie was about. And and then I found myself watching another interview for this movie. It was like a Cannes Film Festival interview with Martin Scorsese and, you know, a more extended version of the cast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know why, but it was just so interesting to watch somebody like Martin Scorsese being interviewed by people in Cannes who are like lauding him as, you know, obviously like a national treasure and 
the greatest, one of the greatest or the greatest living filmmaker of our time. And it's just, how does that not corrupt a person? I don't know. <laughs> he seemed like a nice enough guy, but I just think something's up. <laughs> it's got to be. I know that's a dark way to think of things or like a not a fair way to think of it. But it's like, but the, but the, there were a lot of Osage people on that, or there were Osage representatives on the stage talking as well and saying that they felt that this was an, a really great and accurate representation of what happened because it's based on a tr on true story, a true crime, actually. And um, so, see, I didn't realize. That. <laughs> oh yeah, um, and like that, yeah. this Molly was a real, you know, real person, and hmm. that the, the fact that the movie to chose to follow her character and sort of see what happened through her, you know, kind of perspective was uh, felt by the Osage representative that it was like a very good way to do it. And that, I don't know, they were talking about like, you know, how these basically, they weren't saying this, but I was seeing this as like, okay, there's just these Osage people and they're turning and they're looking at this movie by Martin Scorsese, who's lauded as one of the greatest filmmakers of our time. Mm -hmm a white man <laughs> who yeah. ultimately is going to be kind of the, the, the device through which this message gets heard. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just think there's something interesting about that. Like that we're still relying on there's certain, um, you know, certain power dynamics to, um, to speak truths, you know, for people who are, are, I don't know, I just think it's interesting, like, that that Martin Scorsese claims to have a very pure, you know, sort of intentions with the making of this movie, mm -hmm. and that everybody's on board with it who's part of it, but then, I don't know, there is an interesting, like, somewhat ironic dynamic that's still being maintained even through the the you know who who's in the in the position of power of the movie and who's not you totally know I mean? well because i was also just thinking too like i think the main draw if you don't i mean obviously scorsese is a huge draw too but like leonardo dicaprio would also be like i think the main draw for people to see the film if you're if you're just watching it for star power alone which is of course another white man and like he plays you know a, the central character of the of the film um despite i actually think like a not very not very interesting a like, flattering view on his on the character of course but well no of course not, not but i also didn't find his <laughs> character that compelling, compelling. <laughs> <laughs> like to me uh well i guess just to kind of take it away for a second on my first impressions too i i liked this film i was like very i was intrigued and interested by just like the concept and the story i i I found it, um, you know, a bit hard to be fully engaged with a lot of the times, personally. Uh, specifically, like, I found Lily Gladstone's character a lot more interesting and intriguing. And I felt like she wasn't in a good chunk of it, you know? Like, and, and uh, well, I mean, again, I'm not going to, like, get into anything, but, like, I just feel like I would have loved for the film to have focused a little more <laughs> on her in a way. I thought she was great too. She's yeah. Yeah, well, I thought she was a great actress. I don't I think this might have been her debut. I don't know. Oh, I was just looking into that. She has been in some other stuff, but oh, not okay, too much. Sorry. She was in um uh Re Reservation Dogs, which I know a lot of people love on FX. It's a TV series. Oh. And actually 
did we do first cow for the show or did i watch it on my own never seen it oh so you first cow she's in that and uh and i do remember her being really good in that um looks like she was also in certain women which certain women which i have not seen and showtime's billions so she's been around but i definitely think this is like okay, maybe her definitely biggest not her debut but this is like her biggest role for sure <laughs> i mean like this is uh you know this is now the the biggest thing she's done but yeah, I found her character, not only her acting incredible, but her character specifically too, I just found to be, you know, very intriguing. And uh, like, I just wanted to know more about her <laughs> and a little less about this kind of like gross Leonardo DiCaprio character who is kind of like hogging up a lot of this movie that oh. I found a little flat to me personally. I thought he was pretty good, to be honest, Leonardo I mean, he's good. He's good in the role, but the role I found not interesting. Like, I it's more of an interest thing for me. Like, I was interested in her. I was not interested in him. Huh. And I don't know. A lot, there was a lot of conversations in this movie where I was just kind of like zoning a little out. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but I just found like certain parts of the film to be quite like a slog to get through. <laughs> and it usually had to do with when it was like Leo talking with uh you know i don't know all sorts of different people that he's kind of collaborating with to like get these various things done i just was like okay yeah <laughs> i thought actually i, I kind of thought his character was kind of interesting though because he's not like a hundred percent i mean the way that they chose to illustrate his character was not just completely corrupt you know what i mean and the same thing with well, but then there are characters who seem to me pretty clearly one-sided. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. well, I won't say who, but but um, like he's one of the few characters who's a little bit more complicated, actually, because mm -hmm. I mean he's at odds with a lot of the things that he's doing. You know what I mean? Internally, so yes, I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, I agree, but I feel like what made him interesting was his relationship with Lily Gladstone's character as Molly. And then well, it yeah. was kind of like, <laughs> it's like I only was interested in him because of that. And so then it kind of was just like, well, I just am interested in her, really. Like, I'm interested in, I, I mean, I am interested in, in how it's affecting him, of course, and the position he's in. But uh, I don't know. It just was, for me, there was uh, a lot of times in this movie where I was like, less interested uh -huh. <laughs> in certain things that were going on and i felt like there was a lot of times where things were kind of like reiterated a lot um <coughs> the uh, movie is worth it's worth mentioning that the movie is three and a half hours long which is, is three and a half hours. one of it that like i'm not opposed to long films i really am not like i i i'll sit down and watch really anything and it doesn't matter if it's a long film but when you're getting to three and a half hour territory that to me really is like a okay um i really hope you're earning this like i hope this feels like a story that could only be told in three and a half hours because that's a lot and i personally felt after watching this movie that it did not warrant being three and a half hours i really felt like this story could have been two hours <laughs> or maybe two and a half but like jesus christ when it was getting into hour three for me i was just like I want my life back. <laughs> I didn't mind it because it's really, pretty, you know, it's very shocked. Piece. I really thought I was going to be the one who was maybe more positive on it. Well, I just, I don't mind. Like I kind of enjoyed being in the world of the movie for that long. Like I like the costumes and stuff and 
uh-huh. you know, it's sort of the decor, and I don't know, that's sure, enough. If the story's compelling enough and the acting is good and the writing's pretty good, then I'm down, you know? Like, I actually like it to be longer because what else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I maybe I didn't. I like like I look. I'm just always on the hunt for something to watch hours and hours of. <laughs> well, you know? yeah. Like I mean, <coughs> but the yeah. the argument that's often made to me, which I I fully disagree with, is like, or or actually, I, I should say, uh, well, like I think what a lot of people say is, oh, oh, I don't want to watch a long movie, but then in the same breath, like you hear them talk about. TV series that they've just recently binged. I'm looking and, for that. Right. And so like, I totally get it from that angle where it's like, well, what's the problem with watching a long movie if you're going to like sit there and watch three to four episodes of a of a series and like not even blink an eye, which I feel like is sort of a double standard. And, and I do feel like films shouldn't be punished Confined, for being long. Right. And again, like I, I wouldn't have minded this to be three and a half hours if for me personally. If you were more into it. If it yeah, probably. Or if for it to have felt like it was earned. That it, like, needed to be that long. What, why does everything have to need to be a thing, though? Well, I think if you're making a film, um, you should... I think you should consider everything about the film as, like... A necessary thing that you're, like, crafting. And I think... I mean, obviously, they knew it was going to be this long from even a script stage. So, at, at some point, they made the decision of, like, we are going to make a three-and-a-half-hour movie. And I think to look at that script and... And I think you need, I, I don't know, I feel like you should, you should be earning, <laughs> you should be, at, maybe not earning, earning's not the right word, but like, you should consider every part of your film. And considering the runtime, I think it's another part to consider. Well, yeah, but I will kind of bring this back to, for just a minute, poor things. And what I realized, and I wanted to tell you this uh, on this episode, I was thinking about the movie and why I wasn't able to like it as much as I wanted to like it. And I realized it was because I didn't feel invested at all in any of the... There was not enough of an emotional arc to the dynamics between the characters, like, and the characters in a way themselves. Like, Emma Stone essentially is born, you know, and she has this attitude that is interesting at first because it's like, you know, the dynamic of an infant's mind in the body of a woman. But it's maybe because of that, that her relationships with other people don't seem to really take, uh, there's no real strong bonds or links that are formed between her and the other characters that make me feel like I care enough about what happens to them. It's like her dynamic with motherfucking, what's his name? (laughs) You know, the the sexual predator guy. Uh, Well, you just mean the, the main guy that she's with? What's his name again? Um... Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo, but I forget okay. his character's name. So she's with him for a large part of the movie, right? Yeah, and yet the- their their relationship doesn't really change from the beginning. Oh, it totally does. What are you talking about? In the beginning, she like well, she, views him as this source of freedom, a way to get out of like the confines of where but she's. Emotionally, it doesn't change. Doesn't um, really. It's like she I doesn't- absolutely think it does because she starts in a place of that she wants she wants to be like having sex, and she feels <laughs> like sex with him is love because she doesn't understand what love is. And I think as time goes on, she's, you know, gaining a lot of mental uh, capacity. That's the thing. She's never truly attached to him. There's never really like an actual emotional attachment to him. But her realizing that is the arc. Like, I think in the beginning, she thinks in a simplistic way 
sex is love, love is sex. Cause she, you know, uh, she's having this sex with him and he's claiming that like, Oh, I'm the best at sex. Like I'm the best you'll ever have. And like kind of gaslighting her away in, into thinking that, Oh, this is what a romantic relationship is. It's you fuck all the time. And, and yet we, we as audience know he doesn't really give a crap about her. Yes, of course. But what she then gains is perspective as time goes on when she's interacting with other men she's interacting i think more most specifically when she gets to that part where she's working at that brothel is when things really turn for her when she realizes that sex is not um the bait it's not it's not it it is not one in the same as love and um she understands like the breadth of what sex can entail through having sex with like in a very different context, which is like to earn money and kind of using it as a way to uh, also like, I think express herself too. And then she kind of meets that other woman. And I feel like that gives her some perspective on, on this guy. And when she comes back to him, it's like, she's telling him, no, I, I definitely do not want you. I'm not in love with you. Like she's that's a total. Never, I don't think she's ever really in love with him. There's no like here's the but thing. I think she doesn't understand it doesn't what it feel is like she's there's ever it never feels like there's a really close bond form between anybody in that movie like a close bond that that I would care if something happened to it you know what I mean like I I just it's like her relationship to Mark Ruffalo is maybe she kind of has a change of perspective but the the emotional gravity of their relationship doesn't feel deep enough for me to be concerned whether they end up together or not and it doesn't well, seem like she cares either if they the you, only you don't thing care that they don't end up together because i care that they don't end up together i, I don't really care because i just don't i don't feel like she's she's really attached or not attached to him you know what i, I like mean? how this is now a poor things review well i just <laughs> but i'm trying to explain why i didn't like it it yeah, just yeah. didn't feel like there was anybody in the movie who was that into each other really deeply and there wasn't it was like the only person that she had enough time to have that potential with was mark ruffalo's character but it never happened all the other characters in the end i mean i'm not really making this argument that i love this relationship either but in the end she ends up with uh this the The same guy that she's going to who also they don't really care about each other it's like he thinks he loves her she doesn't give a damn about him she barely like she barely knows him I'm not really making the case for... And he's also really boring. No offense. I'm not making a case for their relationship. But what I am saying is like, that is an example of a warm relationship. No, it doesn't feel warm. She doesn't feel warm towards him. He wants warmth from her, but she doesn't give it But your argument isn't that that there is no warm relationship. It's that there's no relationships, period, that you find interesting. No, it's not. It's that there's no real... W- deeply warm connected relationships in this but movie. But isn't that also partly the point though is that she That's finds, the problem with she finds herself through No, cuz I think the warmth is within herself. I mm. it's also kind of hard to talk about she this without cold. spoilers and I'm trying not to like spoil the film for people. I think that deep down I think that th- that's what I my issue is that our central figure is kind of a cold person ultimately. I mean really we should be we should do no more things re- review. Sorry, point, okay. But, but uh, <laughs> But anyway, anyways, back. To I know the, the doctor misses her as a daughter again. Not that close of. They're just not a lot of dynamic there. It's just kind of like the same in the beginning as it is at the end. Whatever. It's oh fine. yeah. What about the what about Willem Dafoe's character? Nicole's reminding again, me. Again, I'm saying this to me. It seems like this. It's their relationship doesn't really change. It's the same as it ever was. See, same as it ever was. Uh, Nicole is is having the same thought that I'm having, which is she falls in love with life. Like, or I also think that. It's partly that, and she falls in love with 
she I think she gains understanding of who she is as a person as the movie goes on. Like she has these relationships with mostly men, I would say, who uh, to many varying degrees have are like failing her. And I think ultimately she realizes like, why do I need, why do I even need a man? You know, mm-hmm. like think about another relationship that I really don't want to get into, but it happened. It kind of like comes about later in the film that kind of brings back her past a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? Because that relationship is another fucked oh, up yeah. relationship that I found but quite interesting. And it's like another, it adds another element. So brief, so brief. So brief, it's like the last act of the movie. Mm. And I thought a pretty cool twist. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't really, I just didn't, I don't, I guess I just, yeah, I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel connected enough because I didn't feel like it went, it just didn't have that much dynamicism emotionally. Uh-huh. It all and that's felt what we pretty think of, surface. Of Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> no, I don't think that about Killers of the Flower Moon. No, no, I just mean uh, we should probably get back to right. this movie. <laughs> but I guess I liked Killers of the Flower Moon in a weird way more because I did feel like we do. Well, what is the comparison here? I mean, they're sick. I realize why am I films. able to tolerate this three and a half hour long movie and enjoy it more, even though, like, artistically visually there's like things about poor things that are much more stunning and much more my bag so to speak stylistically and aesthetically than this movie well this movie has some cool things too that are along the lines of my personal aesthetic preferences but no i guess i just i realize there's because there is like this really intense emotional connection that we see go through a lot of shifting and nuanced dynamicism you know what i mean uh-huh. And I think that that for me is worth like investing in. Well, I think both can be great. Uh, I feel like the comparison of these two films is kind of crazy because oh, they're yeah. so incredibly different. Like, um, yeah, of course, if you compare the two, like they're <coughs> they're incredibly different experiences. But I think both. I think we kind of got into this in our top ten episode. But it's not about oh, if a film isn't you know spectacular or like the fireworks are going off or something that I'm not going to like it. Like I love uh, slower, more methodical. Um, you know, confined, restrained films. In fact, I've been recommending After Sun to you, which you really should watch because I oh, think I know. it's very much in line with that. And one of my favorite films of two years ago, uh, incredible film. And I would call that a very like subtle, low key film that's like all about just really a couple characters and just like it's so good. I don't even want to get into it, but uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, is mo- more like that. But actually, I think there's kind of like a lot of action too in this film. Like, there's a lot happening yeah. i think it's more of like an epic in a way well it's like a it's like a western and very it's western, like a yeah. it's like a murder it's like a sort of true crime yeah <coughs> yeah i didn't realize about the the truth in this i guess until now um even in a certain point towards the towards the end uh when i thought maybe that's what they were getting at i didn't take it as like a definitive oh this is truth like this is actually what happened yeah uh, oh yeah it, but that's i mean that actually makes it a lot more interesting to me i wish they would kind of like i'm shocked that they wouldn't have taken the opportunity to well, have put up a thing in the beginning that says like inspired by true events or based on a true story because i feel like films that are far less based on true stories do that shit so like why wouldn't you put it in a story that is actually quite <laughs> based on true events well i will say i think i mean having watched one of those reviews or whatever like the interviews with it mm-hmm. they did i mean they did take a stance obviously every movie that is sort of true based on truth has to take a perspective sure yeah um but they they did make a choice about the relationship between 
Leonardo DiCaprio and um, mm. and Lily Gladstone. Yeah. And what I think they they like tried a bunch of different dynamics between them in terms of like, did they really love each other? Did he really love her or not? And they arrived at what is being shown in this movie. So that was kind of artistic, mm. I think, decision. Yeah, I'm, I mean, they but don't I, know. I, th- I, I don't think, think there's any documentation that can. Well, sure, but I guess Prove if that. it's based on real people and true events, like that's still more than enough to to slap on the beginning of a film. Like, trust me, films films use that shit so liberally that right. it's like, <laughs> like I mean, well, you know, Fargo does it, and it's not even true. <laughs> well, yeah, there's also ones that just do it like in a fake way, but right. um, but no, I'm I'm talking about like films that actually are trying to say that it is truth when it kind of really isn't at all. <laughs> they uh-huh. just kind of get away with it because, or they're just doing it, you know. Uh, anyways, to get back to some other stuff about the film, though, um, I did want to say uh, the editing I found distractingly bad at times. Um, I don't know what was going on, but like there was some really bizarre choices with like like inserts being really quick, like wait, like a few frames or it was like this it almost felt borderline like a mistake uh-huh. at times i was like what is going on with the editing like sometimes it's fine and, and i wasn't really noticing it but i just feel like if i'm noticing the editing it's probably not a good sign and for me i was very much noticing some like really weird editing shit going on in this so that was kind of distracting me a little bit i also was not like the biggest fan of i felt like the score at times was like they're just playing oh, no. a track no, for I like love that. for like fifteen minutes, right? No, it's and it was like kind of like the same thing. Like they would play okay. kind of one vibe over the course of like ten scenes. Well, but like some of it was like modern, almost like borderline like U two type rock music, right? Am I <laughs> am I remembering that correctly? It was. Um, I think I it was thought... like supposed. To, you're supposed to kind of feel like it's inspired by the time, but it obviously isn't really of the time. I just remember some sort of rockish sounding thing, like pop rock kind of thing. And I thought, please don't let this be a Gangs of New York situation. Remember that? <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, God. Wait, I'm not... Re- I just remember, just uh, no offense, but did not like the music at all on that movie. And I think it was just like really bad, just like anachronistic music or whatever. Uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. know. Sorry, I'm just relo- repositioning myself. Yeah, relocating. Um, but so, yeah, yeah like, I really don't like it when when period piece dramas try to use like contemporary rock music to kind of make a statement about some shit because it just don't work for my you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, Nicole just took <laughs> the the words right out of my mouth too. I was just about to talk about that exact thing. She says, "No, yeah, I agree. I like the score, but they played that bass line way too long. Like there is this. It it just would be like, dung, 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 dung. Yeah. but it would like do that for." <laughs> like actually 10 plus minutes like and it did not stop i was like oh my god add some dynamics here like or yeah. just don't <laughs> you know like what was the point sorry it was like it was upsetting me i was like you have to stop this and then they'd like bring it back again it was like the same fucking track well it can't have been worse than the other night when i went to <laughs> I was at an Indian restaurant, and it used to be my favorite Indian restaurant in the East Bay, and it's, I'm sad to say I'm not, it's not. Wait, what best. was it? Oh, I hate name? to name names, but. 
okay. um, in Berkeley. And uh, oh my God, we walked in there and they were freaking, and lo and behold, this is kind of a coincidence because I hadn't watched this movie in years, but mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I'll show this to Ethan, I guess. We watched the Titanic, a little bit of it. Not wow. my favorite movie, let me tell you. But another Leo joint. Mainly because I really don't, the music in that movie is just so, uh, just not on, no. Oh, that's one of the reasons you don't like it. It's a hard no for me on that music. Um, <laughs> I don't really remember. I mean, it's oh like God, pop stuff, isn't it's it? It's Celine Dion. Right, right. But like also score of Celine Dion. But anyway. Mm, I haven't seen it in so long. Near, far, oh, yeah. wherever you Oh, my God. Oh, come that, on. That was a hit, though. I don't give a shit if it was a hit, a slap, a fucking choke, or fucking shoving a giant like, I'm giant not really listening butt. to it, but... I do not like that song. No, I don't like it. And anyway, it was on... It was, the minute we walked into the Indian restaurant, they were playing like some fucking instrumental version of that song. like a Almost oh, like yeah. a John Tesh guitar instrumental version of that song. Or I don't even know if John Tesh plays guitar, but it was like some sort of easy listening sort of neo sort of like pop jazz kind of i don't even know how to explain it but bad version of that song i mean not to say already the original version is bad enough they were playing that song Mm -hmm. we were there for probably like an hour and a half Mm -hmm. and it was on the entire time (laughs) and not they did not stop at once it was just oh i was like are they really playing this song this long this is just exactly this is torture it's torture it was it was it was rude actually right, to yeah. the people who were there, and right. I just felt that it was it really made the restaurant feel like it lost a big time amount of points for me. But also <laughs> there were other things that I just really felt bad about for the mm. restaurant. They used to have an in-house sitar player there, and no, they don't have it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I think we should probably get to spoilers pretty soon. Oh yeah, there, yeah. Was yeah, there yeah, anything let's do else that. that you wanted to say before we do that? No, I mean yeah, I think, but I don't think a lot of people would probably have. I think most people pro- that I know would feel the way you felt about it. Oh, people are loving this movie. I oh, really? Like. I know that Anton felt basically the same as you about it. Oh, okay. And, you know, I think maybe people our age, <laughs> however old that is, um, eh, may not be that into it. I don't know. Or if you're into like more independent cinema, this might not be for you. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it... Ha- but it I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was entertaining, you know. I thought there were a few things about it that were like whatever, but... Mm-hmm. By and large, I had fun with it. Yeah. I mean, I won't be watching it again. I'm not going to watch it again. And I found it just like, it. it's, uh, obviously I love troubling films, and it, but it kind of is like a story that you kind of know, like what, um, you know the story, you know? Like, I think you, I think the direction it goes is more or less what I anticipated, and it just is like really upsetting to uh it's like upsetting in a in a way that is like i don't know not fun to experience i don't know i don't know what i I'm didn't know at. this story personally not this particular story i just mean like just in general of you know a, the white of man course like yeah the up. white men fucking up fucking shit up with native americans it's like well, to be honest, I didn't not I didn't know, like I just didn't know about the Osage people at all for one thing. Yeah, yeah. Or that there was I just yeah I just didn't even really know about all that. Okay, let's get into um, spoilers. So I'm gonna put up a little spoiler warning for those watching us live, and of course, if you're listening to this, um, we are going to now discuss uh, story stuff. So if you haven't seen the film, or uh, if you 
if you care about spoilers, I would not uh, keep listening. <laughs> but, you know, thanks for tuning in up to this point. And I think this will probably be fairly brief anyways. I, I don't know. I don't know how much we're really going to get into. But um, with that, with the gloves being off, you know, what is there? What's there to say, huh? I liked it. No. <laughs> um, well, so, what? <laughs> well, I guess I was just going to get into like kind of the um, the poisoning the aspect of it. Oh, yeah. Because I did find Okay, that I guess part- that was kind of the question mark that they left at the end is like, did Leo not, did Leo know that he was poisoning her? Oh, I thought he totally did, right? I don't I mean, think he did for a while at first. I don't think he did. But what's his face first. told him, uh, Robert De Niro's character. Said, oh, uh, it's just going to, it's just going to calm her down. Slow her down. But I thought that was like a real ominous, like use this because it's, it, we're going to slow her down. I thought that was like very well, no, much. Well, I think that Leonardo did not want to harm his wife. Like he really did not want any harm to come to her. He really, see, I think that his character really loved her and he loved his children, you know, and that he really thought that, I think at first he really did think that Robert De Niro's character was, was giving him access to a very rare and new drug called insulin that was supposed to help her diabetes. Okay. So for, I don't know, I guess hopefully you've already seen this if you're listening to spoilers, but she has diabetes, his Mm -hmm. wife or the one who's played by Lily Gladstone. Right. Molly. And Molly. And so... Leonardo DiCaprio is getting help from a doctor that was recommended to him by Robert De Niro's character. Okay, and also for me, Robert De Niro's character was very one one dimensional in the sense that it's like he's clearly the bad guy. You know what I mean? Who like does not have a shred of goodness in him. Everything he does is calculated. Everything he does is for like bad intentions. Basically, he's greedy. He just wants money. Everything he does is to get money and doesn't give a shit about anybody else. And he will basically like kill anybody that he needs to to obtain the money that he's after. So when Leonardo DiCaprio comes into the picture, he sees Leonardo DiCaprio as an opportunity to inherit more money from mm-hmm. one of these Osage women who are these like wealthy heiresses to these oil right. uh, oil oil um, findings or whatever. And so he's like, oh, I can set Leo up with one of these women. And then get him to marry her and then kill her kill and then kill him. Right. And then I'll inherit the money because he's my nephew or whatever. Yeah. But he doesn't expect. And then Leonardo DiCaprio just happens to be in love with her. And this was the part of it, the story that I think they didn't know for sure if he actually loved her. Well, I think that is vague. And I found that interesting. I don't think it's vague. I think it seems like he really loves her in this movie. Well, kind of. But I also believe that he knew that he was poisoning her i think, I think that he, he suspected that. it i think he suspected it and he was doing it because obviously he was just really conflicted and maybe he thought but it wasn't going to kill he her knew- he thought it wasn't gonna i think maybe he thought it wasn't gonna kill her but it was gonna maybe like slow her down a little bit so that she wouldn't like do certain things that would be bad for them but that eventually she'd be okay I think Nicole might be onto something too, though, is uh, she's saying, I think he knew, but also played dumb in a way, like lying to himself. Well, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, that's in a nutshell but, what but I'm he saying. Did, but, well, so then we're saying the same thing, because I think he knew, though. Like, he knew that he no, was poisoning But her. in a way, he was like in denial and lying to himself. In denial, yes. But, but that's also, there, there's some truth to that, though. Like, when you're in denial, 
you blind yourself to the truth to a degree. And because, because you actually are driven by other reasonings, by other things that would go against the thing that you would need to not be lying to yourself about. But he about. definitely knows that he's like he killing does off love people her. in her family and people well, that yeah. she loves. So no, like, because he doesn't care about them. That's pretty to do to someone oh, yeah. that you love also. Of so course, what but I think that he does love, her? I think that he ultimately does love her and her alone, like her and their children he loves. But he also is very greedy and money hungry and like he doesn't care about the rest of her family mm-hmm. and like as this kind of sort of simple-minded white man who can't sort of see past his own relationship with her and like how hurting her extended family hurts her. Of course. Like I think that he thinks of it as like, oh, she'll get over that. I love her as long as I'm keeping her safe. That's what really matters. But he's not, he's like too much of a simpleton to see that anything outside of that is part of it too. You well, know I do I mean? agree with that. But then I think that isn't real love though like i think well, he he interprets that as love yeah but, but there's something to that though uh yeah and i think that's what is interesting about his character for sure like that part i found interesting <coughs> um it's like he, he like, obviously Ar- loves her more than robert de niro's character well of course i think well, robert de niro doesn't care about anything but money I don't think right but that's leo. what i'm saying is like leo is not he doesn't just care about uh, nothing he doesn't Care about nothing but money. He no, kind of does I'm not care saying about. He's evil or anything. Uh, I'm well, just saying. A, yeah. I'm saying that he so, is. He's more on the spectrum of. He's doing evil things and doesn't really realize he's doing evil things. Um, well, he's in denial of doing. Kind of dumb. <laughs> well, no, I think he knows he's doing evil things when he's telling these guys to like kill people and shit like that. Like he knows that that's wrong and that he could get arrested for that. But when it comes to the well, insulin, but he still does them though. So. No, he does them because his uncle's telling him to and he has to like listen to his uncle and shit like that. Right, because But he... when it comes to his wife, mm-hmm. I think that there was definitely denial going on there. I think it's maybe it could be argued that he didn't know for sure that he was poisoning her and killing her. Like I don't think that he knew he was killing her. I think he maybe thought, All right, this is just gonna sort of but slow see, her I... down, but it'll also help her because there's insulin too. Because remember at first he's just giving her insulin, supposedly insulin, and then he gives her this extra thing, right? Uh, yeah. Well, because that that's like doubles it, down. Well, because that's the that's when it's poison, though. Well, I thought before that it was also poisoned. No, I thought before bit. that it wasn't poison. I thought it was actually the real deal back then. Well, I thought that it wasn't fully because she didn't ever seem to be getting better whenever he issued her the stuff. Like she constantly was like in. But I thought pain. maybe she wasn't getting better because she was still, um, not changing. Her like the your eating habits. Oh, because she was eating sugar. No, that was before they gave her the insulin. I thought that or was the after. supposed insulin. All I know is that when she got to the hospital, obviously, well, yeah, definitely, she that. got better, and all they obviously gave her probably real insulin there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think that whatever he was giving her from the beginning, whatever Robert De Niro's doctor gave him, was tainted in some way. Yes, and he knew that, and I don't know if he knew that from the beginning. Maybe on the beginning, but he definitely knew when Robert De Niro was like, uh, this is going to slow her down some. Like, you can be in denial, but I feel like you must know <laughs> that... <laughs> well, maybe he was thinking it has to hurt if it's to heal. Um, you know, the old saying that they say in the never-ending story, it has to hurt if it's to heal. Well, like, he says that in... I mean, he quite literally says, like, it's going to get worse before it gets better. No, he said maybe it gets worse if it gets better, and maybe he thought that. 
Um, yeah. And I thought maybe that's what he thought when he told him it was going to slow her down. Like, this is going to slow her down a little bit, but then she'll get better. Like, I thought that that was sort of the what, what Robert De Niro was trying to tell him, you know? Because Robert De Niro knew that he loved Leo realize like how dumb <laughs> is he to not realize then that why wouldn't Robert De Niro want his wife dead and why wouldn't Leo realize that but then also why wouldn't Leo realize that his uncle would want him dead too well, I, th- I think he is at a certain point I think but, he finally realizes that by the end of it but well yeah but to realize that you must time. realize like you must sooner realize that he's definitely going to kill your wife. Like he's right. trying to kill your wife. So I'm confused as to why he's a simpleton, <laughs> but that's beyond simpleton. I think that's like conscious at a certain point. It, it's got to be conscious. Cause if you're aware that he would have incentive and in the, the whole set really. putting two and two together, honey bones, <laughs> like you are doing, <laughs> but it doesn't take he a doesn't lot put two and two to together. put two and two together for him. It but, does. Okay. It's like he just thinks, I don't know, he thinks, oh, because it's his wife that she's all good or some shit like that. But like all of this is leading up to, I feel like, the wife dying. Well, here's a question. Or he wants Who, to did, did somebody kill his daughter or did the daughter truly just die of, well, see, of I was, the I, coughing or whatever? See, I... Because he says they got to her. What does he, does he think they as in like Robert De Niro's people? Well, I think, I think he did think that. And, pro- and I think, and I mean, I interpreted that, he, that that probably is what happened, but we just don't really know for sure but it just seems like oh what a coincidence you know like uh now when he's about to uh testify against him so now his family starts to die like but don't you think that that was like a bad move on robert de niro's well i guess robert de niro wasn't the smartest brightest star in well, the robert bunch de niro either. Is, is trying to get him to stop no shit giving... but it's like if you kill the child don't you think that's gonna make him not want to be on your side at that point well no because Which as you said he's a dumb simpleton who don't put two and two together and maybe he thinks that he's gonna get leo back on his side because he's just a little fucking dumb dumb <laughs> but also like what was it there was something else that happened when I, that made me think why do you think this is gonna make leo go back on your side or whatever I forgot what it was though, but the other thing too is I thought Leo did have protection if he was going to testify against against uh, Robert De Niro. But I guess well, the FBI told him that we were that we'll protect you, but obviously they didn't think to I don't know protect his kids too, or or maybe no, 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 no. What I mean is, by the end of the movie, they were told that the FBI that he got sentenced to life or whatever. Um, as a as a oh. as a an assistant to the, the crimes or whatever. Well, because remember when the lawyer played by Brendan yeah, Fraser, so he was like, "They're not going to help you." Right? They're you're they're giving you the rope to hang yourself with. And but so he I was thought probably that he right was, to a certain degree. I don't degree. know if he was, no, I thought that they were just saying that to scare him into being on their side. Well, see, I thought that too, but then but then when he actually did get in trouble, it makes me think, well, maybe he was right then. Like maybe, maybe actually. Maybe he was, but I was, that I thought there is such a thing as like FBI protection. Like if you testify and give them information, then you can become immune, immune. to, yeah. But sometimes it's just a reduced sentence or something. Well, he did not seem like he got no reduced sentence <laughs> considering he got a harder minutes. sentence. He got a higher sentence than Robert De Niro's character. He got a uh, life. Is that what the ending said? He got life in prison. I think so, or like a lot longer. There was a lot of information. It was a lot ending. longer than Robert De Niro's. Actually, I was going to say something I did like was that ending. I thought that was a pretty clever <laughs> way 
to do what a lot of films do, which is like a flash forward and then you kind of get the updates as to what happened with all the characters, you know, in a quicker way. I thought there's actually a pretty clever way to do that. In this film, the final... They uh, just gave it to us as dialogue. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think it's an interesting way to deliver the dialogue, which is through like a true crime um, radio show in the, what, 40s or 50s that they like, they flash forward something like 20 to 30 years or something right and you're right. and you're now watching a stage show that is like a radio show right. where they're like giving the information to the audience but or the the audience in the space but also of course us which is like filling in all the gaps i thought that was actually like kind of clever and creative i liked yeah. that okay <laughs> i was like hey all right this is a really interesting <laughs> way to deliver the information i wish there was kind of other more interesting ways to deliver information throughout this uh movie um yeah also <laughs> noticing nicole said yeah, it said at the end that he was released early. Well, we know that I know that Robert De Niro's character was released early, um, and that he like lived out the rest of his days. Was oh, it is Arkansas? Not, is she I mean, not referring to Leo's character? With well, that? I, I'm, I'm wondering if she is because I don't know if I remember them saying that Leo's character got released early or not. But um, well, let us know if that's. But she's saying, oh, that. she's saying that he was sentenced to life in prison, but then was released. Okay, yeah, interesting. Released early. I don't know what happened. Oh, but then he obviously. Well, I guess he died, but obviously died. But I don't know when or how or where well i don't think it was like i mean he died but like i don't think it was some but you know robert de niro's character lived to be like 80 something and like he got out after not very long and right he he like barely yeah it seemed like yeah the sentence that he served was a lot shorter than leo's sentence which is unfair. <laughs> of course, yeah, but, it's, but many unfair things happen in this right. film, especially to everyone that isn't white. <laughs> but it's also interesting, what also is interesting is about is how Lily's character right. continues to stay with him even though there's so many red flags for her. You know what I mean? It's like she is continuing on in this relationship with a person who... She knows from the beginning wants her money. It's like the first thing she says to him. She's like, you want my money. But she also sees past it. It's like, that's the interesting complexity of their relationship. It's like, she knows that he wants money, but she also sees that there's love there, that he loves her and that she, like, there's a certain bond that they share that's undeniable. I think she trusts to up to a certain point that he wouldn't do something to actively harm her but i think that she also sees deep down like i really think that her character comes across as a person who's able to kind of see into the heart of people and things yeah even though she plays dumb too it's like she's playing dumb with her husband she's also kind of playing dumb with robert de niro and i think but at the same time there's a really interesting like silent but a contemplative observant and very like aware quality about her character that is there's also not a lot she can do you know like of course yes there is she could leave him but then what what that's gonna have crazy uh repercussions as well because 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 they have the power and well she has money though she has money yeah but i guess what i'm saying is she also didn't have to marry him but she did you know what i mean I guess that yeah. was before he did any like crimes, but right. I think in that at that point, uh, it hadn't gone that far, you know. Like well, with but that. I also think like what she could have done was not. I mean, I guess she didn't want to take the insulin at first, and she refused it at first. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of playing dumb in this movie. 
Well, yeah, but at least in the end, I liked where they ended it with her, where she, you know, just very point blank asks, you know, did you, did you know, uh, like what, what were you giving me? And then he just says insulin. And then see in that moment, I feel like it finally dawns on him. Like, oh, I might've been poisoning her like without accepting it or realizing it fully. It was like in that moment he had well, to reckon knows. with. It's clear that she knows. <laughs> like obviously she. But she doesn't realized. know if he knows. She exactly. only she only knows because of the fact that she went to a real hospital. Uh yeah. But like she didn't she didn't. I just think that the two of them were so blinded by there was like this passion between them that blinded them to the, everything else happening around them. Yeah, and, and I also, think that's what makes it. In, that's their. That is the interesting part of this movie, and a lot of the time it's focusing on that. But honestly, I could have used more of their relationship, like focusing on them, because every time it was leaving, kind of like being more about them, I was a lot less interested, I must say. And that's the part that it was like losing me with was basically almost every other relationship or like thing that was happening in this movie that was not the kind of central component of it, you know, like a great center nugget. For right. me, but uh, I needed either yeah, more I thought that she was to gonna... happen outside of that or to focus more on that. I thought that she was going to have a little bit more screen time. To yeah, because she kind of like did, fades but... away. I mean, well, she just sort I of. I mean, she gets sick and then it's like she kind of just is sick. For I know, like... but I thought that we were going to get to like sort of observe more of her inner dialogue or more kind of get to engage with her a little more than we did. But based I... on, especially on the like few interviews that I saw of the movie before watching it, but. Hey, yeah, there's, whatever. There's not a lot of times <laughs> that um, we get to see her alone, but I did really like that the owl. The couple times that oh, the owl yeah, shows that up, was cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it starts, I think, with her. Was that her mom that sees her first, or was it aunt? You know what I was thinking? It's her mom. That's her, her mom. mom. Okay. What I think is interesting about this movie, or about, and maybe about the real story that happened, is like these women basically invite these total just snakes into their home and nurture them and take care of them and like coddle them and allow them to commit crimes against their families and against themselves and essentially turn a blind eye to behaviors that are pretty like obvious mm -hmm. you know at least as the way they're portrayed in this movie and when we talk about like when it comes to the death of her sisters and what happens in the events that take place before the death of her sister, the one who was murdered by the husband and his accomplice, mm -hmm. how it shows like a flashback of the night that he comes home from having murdered her. And he comes home like supposedly wasted or whatever. And Lily's character like puts a pillow under his head and just tells him to go to sleep, even though he was like practically, you know, hitting, I mean, granted she was provoking him, but he was like going to beat her in their own home. And, they're bringing in, and then the mother says, you know, you're you're making our bloodline white or whatever, and, you know, I'm mad. Right. She, she basically resents her daughters for marrying these white men. Mm -hmm. And um, and they, yet they continue to go through with these things. And like, I mean, do you think it's just like this wanting to believe that, that like, they, to, like to give them more chances than they probably deserve or like this this just wanting to believe that they can change or i don't know if it's that i think that there's obviously a, an element of like passion and chemistry that is driving them to, to do the actions that they do mm -hmm. but if you think about it like these women 
basically became sacrifices in a way. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, however many years later it's been since these things happen, and I guess they continue to happen, at least maybe there is a per like there's some subconscious like realization that occurs when they are engaging in these things that happen. Like mm-hmm. now her story has become something that lots of people are learning about. And it's, it's something that maybe will start to change the course of, you know, of history in some way, even though it's like this many years later. Um, but maybe part of her, I don't know, somewhere deep, deep down in a subconscious way, like knew that she needed to like, basically sacrifice herself or I don't know it makes me think why would this person who seems so I don't know there's something about just the way that her character is portrayed like there's a piercing way of her gaze that seems like there's a deep like connection to I don't know just being able to observe people like she even talks about don't even just sit and be and don't talk there's a storm outside we need to listen it's like yeah. her character is about listening and mm-hmm. like absorbing what's happening around like her so it feels like there's something about this person that that is able to absorb all this information around herself and be able to to um, to contemplate it and to be aware of it. And so, like, even though she might have been turning a blind eye to the really real like dangers that were surrounding her, maybe there was I don't know. I think to myself, maybe there was something deep down in her psyche that knew that she had to sacrifice her life and her children's life or her child's life and her sister's life for some like basically like lesson that needed to be learned all these years later. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like if they had just not gone with those guys, the white man would have still infiltrated (laughs) the land and maybe, maybe there wouldn't have been some awareness that happened on like a greater scale. I just don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand why a person would do that, you know, and maybe there was some deep, like subconscious reasoning behind it. Yeah. Um, I think we should, I think that's a good spot to end it. Actually. <laughs> okay, <sorry. laughs> no, I, I think, I think what you're saying is uh, <coughs> kind of a, a bow at the end of things here. Um, <laughs> a, a little bow, you know, a little pretty little bow to wrap things up. Um, but yeah, let us know what you thought. Um, I also, I don't think I mentioned this last episode, but we do have an email too. If you are, if you're a listener too, and you want to say what you thought about the movie, feel free to uh, email us at totally tell me at gmail.com. Uh, and we could start incorporating some of those into like the next episode or something. Uh, if you guys have further thoughts on killers of the flower moon. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. So Thanks, everyone, for uh, the people who were able to watch us live. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, and for those of you listening, if you want to watch us live, just as a little reminder, we're, we're live every two weeks at 7 p.m. Uh, on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Our, uh, and then, of course, we are post to podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, basically all of them. Um, our next episode will be February 18th. I don't think we've officially decided on a movie yet, though. I know at some point we want to do Priscilla, right? Oh yeah. Uh, but I think that I think that comes out <coughs> on Max like the following week. So we'll do something for the 18th, and then probably the following episode will be Priscilla. <laughs> so I was gonna say, had I known that, I didn't even realize that movie was out until just a couple weeks ago. But had I known 
way beforehand. That movie came out in 2023, so that might have made my top 10 list. Priscilla? I yeah. yeah. I've been trying to see it. I, it was a blind spot for me um, at the end. I was kind of like rushing through a lot of movies at the end of the year, and that was just like one I couldn't get to. So. Oh, and you know what? I'll just throw this in my top 10 list, too, at this point. Killers of the Flower Moon. I liked it a heck of a lot more than... Here we go. Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, I should fucking hope so. <laughs> My God. What else was I? Oh, I forgot. A lot. Just go rewatch the episode, everybody. It was the it was the ten films that Laura hated the least <laughs> uh, episode. Um, exactly. Anyways, uh, any final thoughts? Uh no. <laughs> All right. Any uh, anything you want to plug or anything? Oh, we should probably oh, mention the show. Yes, our band is playing on February 11th. A rare in-person full band Foxtails Brigade show happening here in San Francisco at the Makeout Room. Mm -hmm. It is going to be a farewell to our bass player, our old-time bass player, Joe Lewis, show. He's going to be moving to Nashville, Tennessee. He's been a Bay Area treasure for his entire life, kind of an icon, and it's going to be the end of an era. So if you're in the Bay Area, you should come say goodbye and also say hello <laughs> and just enjoy the show because it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a lot of other Bay Area bands there who have been around for quite some time. And uh, yeah, February 11th, Makeout Room. We yeah, headline. shout out to Joe. Shout out. <laughs> uh, show, Joe Lewis. Uh, the, <laughs> when I joined the band uh, all those years ago, the first tour I ever went on was uh, was when Joe was you know playing, uh, like going on tour with him as my first tour and of course you and Anton uh, was like still a very memorable experience for me and kind of like a like a dream like I'd never toured and so it was like really cool to get to do it with uh, with you three and so yeah I'll definitely be missing Joe uh, he uh, has a special place in my heart you know he has a special place in a lot of people's hearts <laughs> um, but yeah I think that'll do it for for this episode of totally tell me so thanks again to everybody for tuning in and we will be back in two weeks with a new episode of totally tell me bye, bye. bye.